Thank you so much for joining me on Teach Me How to Money. Today we have an incredible guest, the wonderful, the intelligent, the beautiful Bobby Rebel. I love that you pronounced my name correctly because I know you were tempted to say it wrong. <laughs> she's a rebel. Secretly. Secretly. <laughs> she's a rebel, but she's also a rebel. <laughs> yes. Let's make my parents happy. Rebel. So tell me a little bit and tell our audience, um, who are you and uh, what do you know about money? Well, I am a certified financial planner, Lindsay, so that helps me know a little bit. And I also was a journalist for quite a while, starting at CNBC, wow. and I worked at CNN, and then I worked at something called the Nightly Business Report, which is now owned by CNBC. And then I spent the bulk of my career as a multimedia anchor at Reuters, where I ran the U.S. business video, and I also wrote a column for millennials on personal finance at Reuters. And I also did a lot of the social media stuff, like their Facebook Lives, doing personal finance content. And then I wrote a book. Well, that's a lot. So clearly we're, you know a lot about the topic. I'm exhausted. <laughs> You know, me too. But um, I didn't know if you know this, but April is Financial Literacy Month. I don't know if you knew that, Bobby. It is. I brought you a gift. I brought you a book, Lindsay. Did you sign it? I didn't, but I will sign it afterwards. Well, you recording. better sign it. I can't multitask too much, so we'll sign it afterwards. So this is why I wanted to talk to you. Um, first of all, I wanted a free book. Second of all, I wanted to talk to you about how to be a financial grown-up, because I don't know. You need to know. Tell me. Lindsay, you're over 18. I'm just looking at you. I don't know your age, but I'm feeling like you're in the zone. I'm barely over 18. <laughs> I'm Barely. I'm, but I appreciate it. You know, yeah, you got to grow up and, and pay attention to your money because just like those scary dental things where they used to say, if you don't pay attention to your teeth, they're going to go away. Do you remember those? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the best it's advice. Take care the of your same teeth. thing. Take care of your money or it will go away or you won't even have it, yes. which is actually even worse. So you do need to pay attention and you need to be mindful of it and just decide what's right for you. There's a lot of people out there screaming at you that you have to do things like FIRE, you know, which is, you know, retire early and, and all, financial independence, retire early. So explain what fire is because I have heard blogs yeah, tell me this. It's a hot thing right now. They're yelling fire at me. <laughs> they are. What does that mean? Why are they yelling that Basically, at me? Basically, it's the idea that you want to be financially independent and retire early and that that's sort of the solution to all your problems. And it may be for some people. Some okay. people might say, I want to just go crazy, bank my money, eat ramen noodles for 10 years, and I'm retired at 33. I'm good. But now I think there's also some backlash. And I personally am not a huge supporter of FIRE unless, I mean, I think it has to be right for you. I personally want kind of a balance. I don't want to save every penny that I'm making so much that I can retire so early. But then I have a 10-year-old. And you know, I wanted to go to Disneyland with him last year when he's nine, not when I'm retired and maybe he's 20. <laughs> I think that you have to live in the moment to some degree and balance your life. Some people feel differently and we should support those people and, you know, send them ramen noodles. But that's the thing, too. I mean, it might be healthy-ish financially to eat ramen noodles, but first of all, it's a lot of sodium. It is a lot of sodium. Yes. So the idea of eating only ramen noodles and, and, and squirreling your money away for retirement, you know, that's that's a very extreme way of looking at things. And yes, it is. And that's not the only way to be a financial grown-up. Oh, it's absolutely—personally, I don't think it is the way to be a grown-up for me. Everyone should decide for them. But what is right. a financial grown-up? Explain Deciding, what is your vision. Figuring out, are you are you a fire person? Are you someone that wants to splurge? I should say, so I have a podcast now, by the way, called the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. And one of my guests is Josh Robbins, who's the son of Tony Robbins. And he shares a story— that you can hear more fully, obviously, on the podcast, but I'll give you the highlights, that he earned $1,000 in one day working backstage. And he was 11 years old, by the way, 11. He then took the $1,000 with his friends the next day or soon after and went to some kind of carnival and blew the whole thing. Sure. So I thought 
Lindsay, that he was going to say that his lesson was, I should have saved $1,000 because I would have had a million dollars by now. But in fact, he felt that that was the right thing to do because that one-day splurge decades later is such a wonderful memory for him and his friends. And the truth is, at age 11, even though $1,000 is a crazy amount of money for an 11-year-old to spend in one day, it's not like his children didn't get braces. It's not like he blew his retirement fund. How do you spend $1,000 at a carnival? I don't know. That's a Josh lot Robbins of, had a lot of friends. That's a lot I don't of know. Maybe because he had the money, he had a lot of friends. They had a good time. That's a lot of cotton candy. Yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to the episode, and maybe there's more detail there. But, yeah, he blew a 1000 bucks in, in one day. But the point is that's his choice, and it wasn't an irresponsible choice. So being a financial grown-up is about figuring out what matters to you at that stage in your life. It's a lot about life transitions and what's the appropriate thing. So, okay, let's stick with the theme of children of really famous money people. Okay. So Rachel Cruz. Cruz. Who is she? Who is so Rachel Cruz? I'm sorry. She is the daughter of Dave Ramsey, different last name. Okay. You know Dave Ramsey, that yes. guy. Yes, so Dave Ramsey is, just yeah. in case our listeners don't know who yes. Dave Ramsey is. Oh, Dave Ramsey is a major money guru. He has helped millions of people get out of debt. They come to his studios in Tennessee, and they have a big debt-free scream, and he's wonderful. So Rachel Cruz is his daughter, and she's on the podcast talking about the fact that she was out to dinner with her dad and her mom, and her mom had a really fabulous new handbag. And these are, you know, really financially responsible people, but she could afford it, the mom. And she really, the daughter, Rachel, really wanted it. And she struggled with the decision, and she finally came to the conclusion that because of the life stage that she was in as a 20-something newlywed soon to have children, no, this very expensive purse was not an appropriate purchase for her. She couldn't afford it. And even though she was kind of jealous that her mom could afford it, her mom was in a different life stage. Sure. So a lot of financial grown-up has to do with, okay, where am I? Don't worry about other people. Sure. You know, worry about what life stage are you in? What are your priorities? So for someone, a priority might be owning a home because they want stability and they're going to have children. For someone else, it might be make sure you're renting because you want a career where you move around a lot. So make sure the smartest financial decision for you is not to be tied down to a home that could cause financial problems if you have to sell it quickly because you got an opportunity halfway around the world. I think it's a really, I love that, that you really have to have a holistic view of finance. Like how does money work for you in the life you want to have instead of just prescribing to this one idea of how you should be using your money for this better future. Right. Not everybody wants to have a family or wants to have children. No. Not everybody wants to own a home. And not everyone wants to retire at 30. No, they and don't. And more power to the people that do. That's great. You know, I just have a great time. But people do. People want to retire by 30, 35, 40. What would you, if you were not, of course, we're very young, but if you had retired at 30, what would you be doing? I think you have to think about how are they defining retirement. Exactly. I think for many of them, they define retirement, in quotes, as not being beholden to someone else to go to work in a job that you don't necessarily want to go to. In other words, having the freedom to make the choices that you want. I don't think that they're sitting home rocking in the rocking chair at 30. (laughs) That's what I think of. (laughs) That's what I think of. I I love what I do. So I I don't know that I ever want to retire. I, I think that you just you just adjust your life to the things that you want to do. And maybe you do, instead of doing 90% of your work hours in a job for money, maybe it's a different mix. Maybe it's 60% that you're working and 40% you're doing something that's purely recreational. It, it's not such a fine line anymore. You can work your way toward that kind of a life without being retired. And you don't exactly. have to eat ramen for 10 years to slowly but surely build the life you want. And I, I just think I just the whole thing of 
fire, yelling fire at people <laughs> is also very alarming. Yeah. And also it just sort of shows if you're not retired by that, if you're not so disciplined, you're failing. And I I detest the idea of telling people that they're failing financially because we're all struggling and everyone already feels terrible. I know. (laughs) And the one thing that I talk about a lot on the podcast is to forgive yourself and don't be so hard on yourself. You have to live your own life. Let's talk about your podcast. So tell us, um, I'm really excited to listen to it. Tell us about some of the guests you've had and some of the lessons that they've taught you. So the podcast is, first of all, very short, even shorter than this podcast. That's good. Because I'm a former TV reporter, so I really can't think for that long. So when you're used to doing three-minute interviews, you go to seven, ten minutes, and, and you feel like you've completed the story. I like it short and sweet. Just tell me what I need to know, make me laugh, and let's totally. go out about our day. So what I try to do is many of my guests are people that are well-known and have been interviewed many times. I try to get them to reveal something personal. And something that they haven't talked about before. So, for example, Kevin O'Leary talks about a secret that his mom kept from him that he did not know until after she died. What was the secret? Can you tell me? Or do I have to listen? No, I want you to listen. Okay. And it has to do with investing, actually. Oh. It actually informed the kind of investing that he does now. Well, I'll listen to it. Is that a good tease? You're the comedian. You're you're like the professional at this. So, I don't know. Is that a good tease? It is a good tease. It's It's something about sharks. It was like, you must explore the land of sharks yes. in order to m- reveal great wealth. Something like that. Um, another favorite one is Farnoosh Tarabi, who's oh, a well-known. Sure. She's She's fabulous. terrific. So she shares how she doubled her salary, which is something that I personally was very interested in. I think most people like that information. Yes. And she got a really interesting tip from her dad that led her to make that decision. The The show is not necessarily always parental advice, but it does creep in there. In that's fact, so my dad is very nervous these days. That, that's very interesting because <laughs> I've always said I had this idea that, you know, if you tell me about your family, I could tell you about your finances. And, True. And in the end, like, I think our, the way our parents raise us financially or don't raise us financially kind of— That happens a lot, too. Yeah, more often than not, I oh, think, yes. um, can really, you know, inform your attitudes about money. So I think it's fascinating that all these very accomplished financial— uh, influencers and so on um, are still looking back to the lessons that their parents taught them after all they've learned. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and family stories. I mean, one of the guests talks about the fact that she got an unexpected, she was dirt poor, like living in a trailer poor. And she got an unexpected inheritance and took some family advice and basically almost lost the whole thing. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, another one who was an actress talks about the pressure that she felt to get paid for her passion and how much better she feels now that she found a different career and she can actually enjoy acting and these are it's things, so much less stressful. These are things we can listen to on your podcast. Yes. Well, so I'm that very, was Stephanie O'Connell, the one I was just referencing. Oh, Do you Stephanie? know Stephanie? I, I don't know her very oh, well, but I know, awesome. uh, I know of her. But I yeah. think when it comes to financial literacy, because again, we're going to be talking about this during Financial Literacy Month, what do you think it means to be financially literate? I think you have to take the time to actually educate yourself and do the homework. It doesn't have to be a deep dive. I mean, I could plug my book. It's pretty basic. There's a ton of basic books out there. I mean, we were talking about Farnoosh. Farnoosh has a book called So Money, which is really a classic. Even Stephanie wrote a great book, The Bold and Beautiful Life. There's so many. Whatever resonates with you, actually take the time to read it. Even just reading the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times business section or whatever resonates with you. Read the New York Post, whatever, something. 
read something to make yourself a little bit smarter so you understand why we care about the Fed and how that could actually affect you. So you understand whatever is going on in the news and why it matters. I mean, we talk about trade sanctions and all this political stuff, but there's an actual personal thing. There are consequences to all of these decisions. The new tax code will trickle down. And we're having discussions about it now in 2017, but a year from now, Lindsay, oh my. When these hit, these 2018 changes, people, everyday people are going to really nerd out on this tax stuff when they start understanding the the personal impact of the money stuff that's not always in their control. You can go out and earn more money, but you probably can't change the tax code. No. I mean, I don't know. But we try to do at Learn. So we have have Stash Learn, which is our education hub, and we have have some wonderful writing on there. Our goal is to try to take what's in the news and to, to take the lesson out of it because it can be extremely intimidating to hear words like trade and tariff and tax yes. code and deduction. These, in my opinion, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but these <laughs> these terms. But are, you are now. But I am. <laughs> these terms are. This whole world is out there to to keep people from empowering themselves for feeling lesser than the people who are making the decisions. And truly, it's just, it's not as hard to understand as people think it is. And no one should feel dumb for not understanding it. It, That's not what I'm saying at all. But it's all within your grasp. You just need someone to explain it to you and you can come to Stash Learn, of course. course. I learned everything from reading Bloomberg and Googling things. Yes. Bloomberg, Google, Bloomberg, Google. That's how I learned everything I know and and talking to smart people. And there's no such thing as dumb questions when it comes to your money. Well, the financial industry makes more money than they should very often by just confusing people and throwing fancy labels on things that make things intimidate people. And people are often very shy about asking things because they think that they should already know it. Sure. And you should always ask, why am I paying this fee, for example, in my 401k? Why, Yeah, you know, you're a private banker for me. Why? What does that mean exactly? Oh, that might mean you're, I'm paying an extra 1% to have you yeah. be in charge of my money when I could pay very little and have it be in, in an index fund. So people should at least understand the decisions that they're making and make them proactively. You may say, I kind of like having someone to call. I want to pay them an exorbitant fee. That's fine. But at least just be cool with it. Know that you're doing that. That's fine. And saving for retirement is something that's really important to me. And it seems like so complicated because I once had my friend, the comedian Mark Norman, was on an episode. And he said that when he went to sign up for... An, an IRA, which his manager made him do it. He said that he Good got all manager. These, he got all these pamphlets, and they were just very long. And then we just explained to him what an IRA was. And he's like, "That's so right. easy." I'm like, "It's not that hard. Anyone can do it." And it's just taking money, putting it away. It's going to grow tax free. You're going to take it out when you're 59 and a half. If it's a Roth, you, you won't pay taxes on it when you take it out. If you want to take it out early, right. you, have to- you always pay taxes. It's just a question yeah. of when. But it's just not that hard. You just have to do it. And if you're confused, you have to ask questions. And and you can feel dumb for not having the answers because this they make it hard for you for no reason. Well, there is a reason. The, reason, the reason is to confuse you and so you'll pay them more <sighs> because you think you need a middleman <laughs> or you think you need a person there. And that's why. No, it you- is. If it was so simple, people would not need all of these other people that are employed in in the financial sector. That is true. I mean, we so do, there is a reason. They're, yeah. they're trying to confuse you very often. Well, we we do, we offer you know retirement on stash, and I think it's exciting. I'm and that's just, a good thing. It is a good thing because it's a fifteen dollar minimum. Anyone can start at any time, and because no people just don't have a lump of money like five grand sitting around. Yeah. When, and the most important thing is to start. Just no start. matter what, just start. The best thing I ever did was start in my first job, and I still have that money. 
So let's go back. Tell me what is the best financial lesson that you've learned through your years in the field, writing your book, doing the podcast? What's the one that stood out to you the most? I would say going back to what we were talking about where there's a lot of money shaming going on, where people feel like they can't talk about their money issues because they'll be judged. Sure. That you have to get over the idea that you'll be judged. So that's, that's and the be lesson. honest. And that's what I try to do with the guests on the podcast is they come out. I mean, a guest I just had was talking about the fact that she just had this moment. She was in the literally in the bathroom going on tour. She's a host of a prominent TV show. And she just had this come to Jesus moment where she kind of admitted she was 40 years old and admitted to herself, I can't even handle my bills. I'm getting bill collector calls and I'm really successful and I make a good amount of money and I don't know where my money is going. But she didn't want to tell anyone. Sure. She told me on the podcast, but she she doesn't want to tell people because it's embarrassing. But the truth is everyone has financial stuff. It's We're so all true. doing our best. No one ever talks about the bills they stuff in their drawer. No one talks about their credit card debt ever. Everyone just seems to look okay. I've always said this, that nowadays we don't dress according to class. You know, not there's no parasols and spats. I don't know. But like we all look okay, you know. So you yes. can't tell who is wearing a plaid shirt and has a trust fund and who's wearing a plaid shirt and has 30 grand on their credit right. card. Right. And you also shouldn't feel bad to that point if someone is dressed in, in a very expensive way or has a super fancy handbag. Don't assume, first of all, don't assume they can afford it. Don't assume it's not rented. That's so true. I talk about that a lot also on the podcast that you should invest in looking appropriate for what you're doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to own everything. That's very interesting. I've yeah. thought about that. All right. Finally, what are your top tips on how to be a financial grown-up for someone who's listened to this podcast and is considering making that step to go from financial teenager to financial grown-up? I think you have to be open to always learning because it is generational. So it's constantly about transitions to your next stage of life. So to the Rachel Cruz example, even be okay with being 20 something and not being able to afford things because I think she was making $35,000 a year. That's cool. You're not an empty nester who's already paid for college and is cruising into retirement with plenty of money. So just own that. And if someone in your peer group is all fancy, just detach, whatever. They're probably buried in debt. And if they're not good for them, and then in your 30s or whenever it is, if and when you might have children, own that, that you're going to have no free time or money because everything's <laughs> going to go to silly kid stuff that you're going to overbuy and regret anyway, <laughs> and so on and so on. Just be in your appropriate life stage and just chill out. Don't overstress about it. Let it be. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming by. And I tell me, just tell everyone where we can find your podcast. So the podcast is called The Financial Grown-Up Podcast with Bobby Rebel, CFP, and it's everywhere. You know, it's everywhere that this podcast is. It's on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and Google Play and all the good things. And it's on my website, bobbyrebell.com. Well, I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. This is the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Teach Me How to Money. Send us your questions at teachmehowtomoney at stashinvest.com, and we'll try to answer them on a future episode. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a review on the iTunes store, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Ready to start investing? Sign up for Stash and then enter the promo code PODCAST and you'll get $5 to get started on your financial journey. Stash, it's your money. Simplified. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced in whole or in part. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute a recommendation from Stash to the listener. 
Neither Stash nor any of its officers, directors, or employees makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of these statements or any of the information contained in this podcast and any liability, therefore, including in respect of direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, is expressly disclaimed. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of Stash, and Stash is not providing any financial, economic, legal, accounting, or tax advice or recommendations in this podcast. In addition, the receipt of this podcast by any listener is not to be taken as constituting the giving of advice by Stash to the listener, nor to constitute such a person a client of Stash.